Hallelujah. Well, thank you all for coming out tonight. I, I have a full plate here that I want to get across to you from the Word of God. So if you want to take notes, get out a pen and a paper. But I see someone here that I haven't seen in a while. Is that Elaine Pechnik? Come here, Elaine. Now this woman, she, I, I worked with her at the Abundant Life Prayer Group. I haven't seen her in two years. How are you? She's a Rama graduate also. She has a ministry in Minnesota, and uh, it, it's on fire. She's on fire for the Lord, I'm telling you. So this is the first I've seen her. Give her a hand clap. She come from Minnesota. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We're glad to have you all here tonight. I know, was someone here from the east side of the state tonight? Lift your hands. Wonderful. We have a couple. Give them a hand clap. They drove a good three hours from the east side. Praise God. We're glad to have you all tonight. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Isaiah 54. I want to start there. Isaiah 54, verse 17. I'm, I'm going to teach for a bit. And after the teaching, we're going to get into prayer. And we're going to see what the Holy Spirit has. We, that's when we kind of let the, uh, uh, take the lid off and just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Amen? But we need the Word of God. How many of you know we need to hear the Word of God? Amen. Amen. It's not our opinion that matters. It's the written Word of God. It's what God has already said. Amen? We need to get that into our spirit, man. Isaiah 54, <clears throat> verse 17, I want to start with says this, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. I like that verse. I don't know about you, but when I read that, that just strikes a chord in my spirit, man. No weapon. Say no weapon. That, that means any weapon that's formed, it will not prosper. It will not succeed. But I want to show you this, though. It says, no weapon that's formed against you will prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. Okay, what does that mean? What if a doctor comes to you and he gives you a death sentence? If a doctor gives you a, a, a we call it an evil report. It's a report that's not in line with the word. We call it an evil report. Amen? What do you do with that? It says, every tongue which rises, uh, uh, rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. In other words, that word, I'll tell you this right now. There have been individuals that I know, the doctor said, you got, you got cancer, you're going to live six months. And I've known some people who right at the six-month mark, I mean to the day, they died. What happened? They received what the doctor's what the doctor said they received that judgment are you hearing me but the word says that you shall condemn that means that you need to speak against that word you make you need to make that word of no effect in your life see you can when someone says something to you gives you a death sentence or whatever or an evil report you can either take hold of it how do you take hold of it with fear how else can you take hold of it? Well, you just receive it. You just take hold of it. You buy into the package that the devil wants to send your way. Are you hearing me? But it says that you shall condemn that thing. And the word condemn means to make of no effect. It means that it, its usefulness is not there anymore. And you need, that's why you need to speak the word of God. Amen? When someone comes against you and speaks a, a word curse, we call it a word curse against you. You speak the word of God. You say, I don't receive that. Are you hearing me? You say, I receive what the word of God has to say. And then it says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Well, if it's a heritage, an inheritance, you need to take hold of that heritage. Are you hearing me? It just isn't going to fall on your lap. You need, to, you need to take hold of the benefits that are in the Word. Amen? All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I just wanted to expound on that one briefly. I'm setting myself up here for the message. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. 
casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You could say the word of God there and you wouldn't be doing any injustice. Bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. Last scripture I want to touch on is Psalms 103. Before I go full force into my message here. Psalms 103. How many are here in this place and you need a touch from the Lord tonight? Amen. How many are here tonight just because you simply want to learn more about the healing message and miracles? Praise God. Praise God. You're in a good place tonight. You're in an atmosphere of faith. Amen. Psalms 103, 1 through 5 says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, that always strikes a chord in my spirit when I hear that, that part that says, don't forget all of his benefits. Oh, he, we serve a good God. Did you know that tonight? We serve a God who has given us many benefits in Christ. And it says, don't forget them. In other words, it's possible for you to forget his benefits. Even though that they're available, it's possible for you and I not to take advantage of those benefits. Did you catch that? Oh, come on now. It's not just going to fall in your lap. So let me get on with this. Tonight's message, I entitled it this, The Weapons of Our Warfare. The Weapons of Our Warfare. I know by the Spirit of God, I know by my own personal life, I know by the people in our congregation, I know in the lives of the pastors that I fellowship with, we are getting attacked on every side. Are you hearing me? Are you in that boat tonight? And the Holy Ghost has put it upon my heart to talk about the weapons of our warfare. How many of you know we have weapons? Oh, hallelujah. We need to use the weapons. I want to talk about those. But if you have a sickness, a disease, or an infirmity in your body, if you have a bondage, the first thing that you need to know is that that thing is not from God. See, God is not punishing you. He is not angry at you. I say it like this all the time. God and the devil are not teammates. They're not on the same team. They're an enemy, one against another. And I'll tell you right now, I just can't buy the fact. I don't know about you tonight, but I don't buy it. When I see a body part that's not functioning properly, I don't buy the fact that God made it that way. I believe he made hearts to function properly. I believe he made arms, legs, feet to function properly. I believe he made the brain to function properly. Are you hearing me tonight? I believe he made the eyes to see, the ears to hear. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. I don't buy the fact that God and the devil are teammates. They're not. The word of God says that they're enemies, one against another. And it's theology 101, God is good and the devil's bad. Say, God is good and the devil's bad. Man, I'll tell you what, if we in the body of Christ could just hold on to that, that real simple theology 101 thing, boy, I'll tell you what, we could sure clear up a lot of the divisions in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But so God is not punishing you. He's not angry at you. He has made the provision through his son, Jesus Christ, over 2,000 years ago through his death, burial, and resurrection. Oh, Hallelujah. The very first thing you must settle in your life, and I need to touch on this, is that you need to make sure that you're a child of God, that you have made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Now, I see new faces. I, I, I don't know who you are, so I'm just going to say, you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Sure, God can heal your physical body, and you can live longer as a sinner, but what good is it if you're on your way to hell for eternity? Are you hearing me? 
Oh, hallelujah. The greatest miracle is when a person makes Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life. The Holy Spirit comes on the inside. He washes away that sin nature. And that person becomes what the Bible calls born again. You get a new birthday. The born again experience. And they become a child of God knowing that eternity in heaven is waiting for them when they pass away from this earth. So I tell people in my Sunday service, I say, why would you want to settle for the pig slop that the world, sin, and the devil are feeding you when you can drink the living water of the Spirit of God through the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? Amen. Why would a person want to be a puppet for Satan and evil spirits when you can live life in the will of God? Because that's the only place where your peace, your hope, your happiness, and fulfillment of life is. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. So God, your creator, is waiting. If that's you tonight in this place, if that's you tonight listening to me on the radio and on the internet, that you have not made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, God is waiting with open arms for you to make Jesus Christ your Savior and give you salvation. Amen? Jeremiah 29, 11. Listen to this. this. This scripture is awesome. This scripture is awesome. It says this. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I don't buy the fact that cancer is in your future. I don't buy the fact that sickness and disease and infirmities are in your future, in God's plan for your future anyways. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. He wants to touch you tonight. He wants to touch you tonight. Hallelujah. So that sickness, disease, and bondage is not the will of God. There is a real enemy on this earth. And he's trying to cut your life short through sickness, disease, bondage. I'll tell you this. The devil and evil spirits are not some cartoon figure. Amen? They are very real. Go to John 10.10. The words of Jesus himself makes it very clear the distinction between the works of God and the works of the devil. Very clear. I mean, you you almost have to be be an idiot to miss it. Excuse me. I'm telling you right now, I'm bold, okay? Some of you know who listen to the radio broadcast. I'm very bold. I pull no punches. But I'll tell you, I take the word of God seriously. I take the topic of healing, miracles, and deliverance seriously because people are dying. People are going to hell in a handbasket. People are dying their lives. Wonderful Christians who love the Lord are going uh, to their grave early before their time because of the puke, the sewer that's coming from pulpits all around the world tonight and tomorrow morning saying that it's not God's will to be healed. Are you hearing me? Now, John 10.10, hallelujah. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord up here tonight. He's in this place, I'm telling you right now. It says this, the thief, this is Jesus speaking, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus says these words, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That word abundantly means a superabundance, excessive, overflowing, a surplus, over and above, more than enough life. Now, what is the goal of every sickness, disease, and bondage? To take you and I out. To cut, I'll tell you, there's no life in sickness or disease. Are you hearing me? The very core of it is death. It's death, not life. So Jesus said when the enemy comes, he's going to do three things. Three things alone. Even if he masquerades as an angel of light, this is what he's going to do. He's going to try to steal from you, kill from you, and destroy your life. And he does that through various means, and one of those means is in sickness, disease, and bondage. Are you hearing me? But God has not left the church of Jesus Christ powerless or weaponless. 
But our warfare, our weapons are not carnal. They're not natural weapons, but spiritual. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians that our weapons are mighty. Say mighty. Mighty. Through God. This spiritual battle that we are in as Christians on this earth will only be won if we use the weapons that have been given to us from God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. The devil don't care about your opinion. He doesn't care about anything else. Are you hearing me? But I'll tell you about this. When you take up the weapons that God has given us as believers and we wield those weapons, oh, he, he, he can't stay, stay around for long. Are you hearing me? It says they're mighty. They're mighty through God. There are three weapons that God has given us to war against Satan, evil spirits, sickness, disease, strongholds, and bondages. Do you want to know what those weapons are tonight? Number one, the first weapon is the written word of God. Number two, the name of Jesus. Number three, the blood of Jesus. These are what I call the warheads. You know, in a missile... The power for the explosion, the power for destruction of a thing is in what we call the warhead. How many of you know what I'm talking about, whoever served in the military? Right on the tip of that missile, there's a warhead, and that's where the power for the destruction is in. So the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the blood of Jesus, these are the warheads. So I want to go through uh, each of these three tonight. The first one is the Word of God. We need a foundation in the Word. The Bible is not just an ordinary book. It is, in fact, the Word of God. It is the will of God for every person on the face of this earth. The Bible is a supernatural book. Say, the Bible is a supernatural book book it's not just any book i'm telling you right now that that is such a dangerous there there are so many people who call themselves christians who think that the bible is just an ordinary book i mean they just they just rank it right up there with huck finn are you hearing me are you hearing me but the bible is the written word of god it is the will of god hebrews 4 12 says that the word of god is quick or alive and powerful. Oh, hallelujah. Romans 10, 17 says that faith is built upon the word of God. In other words, apart from the word of God, you can't have real biblical faith. You just won't do it. Not even a testimony. Someone gets up here and gives a testimony of their healing miracle. That won't even build faith in you. It'll build hope. But Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Only the word of God can ignite faith in your spirit, man. Do you need a miracle tonight? Do you need a healing in your physical body? Do you need a healing in your mind tonight? You need to feed on the word of God to build your faith level up tonight. Are you hearing me? You can depend and build your life upon every word that's contained in the Bible. The Word of God is creative. I said it. The Word of God is creative. Romans 4.21 declares what he, God, has promised, he was able also to perform. He spoke it. He can perform it. And then Psalms 107.20 says that God sent his word and healed them. Oh, hallelujah. Listen to me. The book of Isaiah says that the word of God will not return void, but it will prosper in that thing which it was sent to accomplish. What I'm trying to say is when you speak healing scripture, you need a healing? When you speak healing scriptures, something supernatural is taking place in the spirit realm. It, and it says, it, you might not see the results immediately. How many of you know, I just got done preaching a series on faith, the life of faith, the test of faith, the race of faith, the, uh, the language of faith on Sunday mornings. 
How many of you know our faith needs to be mixed with patience? I mean, people want to see something immediate all the time. But listen, there's a difference between a miracle and healing. A miracle is something that happens immediately. Boom, you come up tonight, I lay hands on you, we pray, boom, uh, your, healing, you, you, your manifestation comes immediately. That's a miracle. But how many of you know it doesn't always happen that way? In fact, the very word healing suggests a process. Now, it could happen in a miracle, and that would be awesome, wouldn't it? But how many of you know, if it doesn't, that don't mean that you can walk away after I pray for you tonight and say, well, it, nothing happened, nothing worked. No, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. What you need to do is you need to rejoice as if you have received it. Because if you truly have faith after you get prayed for tonight, your attitude's going to show it. Oh, I'm telling you what. Uh, you know, you, you just, you can see it on people. You, if, if there's, if faith is present, you will see it on them. Their attitude will prove it. Well, you know, you, they walk away and they're just kind of, you know, kind of moping around and, you know, you know there's not a lick of faith there. Do you, yeah, I believe I received a baloney. You do not. Just, just admit, you know, you're wavering and you didn't have faith. And, and you, you basically voided out what the prayer was trying to do. Are you hearing me? We need to be big enough to admit that. And that's why it's important to hear the word of God before coming up for prayer. Because I'm trying to build your faith level up to a point when you come up and I lay hands on you, when I pray for you, you can be at a point where you can receive. Now I'm telling you right now, if it doesn't happen immediately, do not walk away discouraged. But I know... The devil will try to come immediately and try to discourage you. But you need to kick him right out of there. You say, no, my faith is mixed with patience. Are you hearing me? Holly, and it's okay to get prayed for more than once, all right? You don't have to walk in condemnation with that, you know. It's okay. It's okay to come to more than one healing meeting. Are you hearing me? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's all right. All right, so, so the Word of God is creative. You need to speak the Word of God. The Bible refers to itself as medicine. Go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. I've seen it many times. <clears throat> People have gone to, you know, 10 healing services and their manifestation didn't take place yet. You know, and, but they keep on going, they keep on going. And I'm telling you, I've seen it before. God, God rewards your persistence and faith. I'll tell you this right now. I mean, I've seen people, they, at their like 15th healing service, they get their, their healing. What if they would have given up on the 14th? Oh, listen to me now. Are you hearing me? You need to hang in there. You need to stick in there. Get rid of the condemnation that the devil would try to put upon you. No, you keep hanging in there. You keep believing what God's word says. Amen. Now look at this, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. It says, my son, or you could say my daughter, give attention to my words. This is God speaking. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The, the, the Hebrew word health there literally could be translated medicine. The word is medicine to your flesh. Hallelujah. So the Bible has supernatural power and anointing upon it to heal your body, to heal your mind. The word of God is a painkiller. Oh, I like that, don't you? The word of God is a painkiller. But let me tell you this right now. It's okay to mix these medications. Now listen, do not stop taking your natural medications that your doctor prescribed to you. Say amen. amen. I'll tell you right now. It's, it's, it's not a lack of faith to go to the doctor, and it's not a lack of faith to take medication. Don't you think, I'll tell you this, God is not offended He's not offended for, for you to keep going to the doctor. He's not taken back by that. In fact, God is big enough that the manifestation of that healing should be 
confirmed through the doctor. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, there's a lot of wacky stuff going out, in people, in the name of faith, which is nothing more but foolishness and presumption. They, they flush their, their medication down the toilet and say, I'm not taking it. Well, we, I've heard a lot of horror stories of people who had diabetes and all these diseases. They did that, and they ended up, now they're six foot under. Amen? So you will never hear me say, stop taking medicine and stop going to the doctor. You will never hear me saying that. Because the fact is, God is okay with confirming your healing through a, phys- a physician. In fact, there's, remember that one time with the lepers? He said, go, go and show the priest. Are you hearing me? Go. He said, go and show the priest. In other words, that it's, it's, it can be confirmed. The doctor will confirm it. Amen? That's good preaching. Because there's a lot of people going six feet under in the name of faith, which is not faith at all. It's stupidity. Amen? Now, I want you to notice from Proverbs 4... That giving attention to God's word brings healing. We need to give attention to God's word. We need to give the God's word uh, priority in our life. Are you hearing me? We need to take time and get into the word of God. In fact, if, if you have a sickness, a disease in your body, uh, an infirmity in your body, I recommend buying the Bible on CD and just playing it over and over. You know, even if you're in bed at night, there's time, Elizabeth and I were just in bed, before we get into bed, just push play on the CD, and just real low, the, the Word of God is just playing all night long, and it's, get, it's soaking into our spirit. Amen? Uh, that's, I recommend that. Um, so allow God's promises to soak into your spirit, man. Another benefit of the Word of God is that it will renew your mind, Romans chapter 12, You see, any mindsets that you were taught presently or in the past about healing, miracles, the power of God, you know, that the power of God's not for today, it ended with the, the, you know, last apostle who died or whatever, some some, uh, demonic teachings like that. But as you get into the Word of God, I'll tell you right now, uh, not someone's opinion on the Word, but when you personally get into the Word, Oh, the, the Jesus comes to life to you. I'm telling you what, the gospel comes to life. You realize, you know, I'll tell you, I grew up in a church that for 20 years that, that basically didn't, never taught that it's God's will to heal. It was always, if it be thy will. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If, if it be thy will. In other words, you're slapping God in the face saying, God, thanks for this disease, okay? I guess, you know, it's ridiculous. But I grew up in a church that didn't believe that. So I'm real sensitive to the fact uh, when people come to, to this church, to RCC, and get plugged in. Uh, I'm a real stickler on letting them know the power of God's still available today. Miracles are still happening today. God is a good God. The devil's a bad devil. It's that simple. Amen? So, uh, so as you get into the Word, I remember, you know, when I, when I got out of that church, I grew up in that didn't really teach anything, uh, you know, that, that really was um, life-changing. I, that's the only way I can say it. I, but when I got into a charismatic, a Pentecostal church, and I started reading the Bible on my own, I, you know, I actually got upset. I said, what, what have I been believing these 20 years? What, what have I been missing? How much more? The heartache that I could have passed up in my life. If I, if I would have known that God is still healing today, if I would have known that God was so good, that it's not about religion, it, it's, it's about relationship, if I would have known that, man, I, I could have just saved myself a lot of heartache in high school from backsliding. I'll tell you right now. And so I'm real sensitive. <laughs> I'm real. I'm real sensitive to that fact. And, and frankly, I'm on a mission to tear down the strongholds of the enemy who, uh, in churches where they teach that kind of thing. Are you hearing me? I mean, we serve a good God. You know, Oral Roberts, he actually got so much persecution because his message was, God is a good God. Didn't he, Elaine? I'm telling you what. He took so much, how many of you remember Oral Roberts back in the day? He took so much persecution just for saying that God is a good God. Why? Because we live in a world where Satan is the God of this world system. Uh, with a small G, mind you. 
Amen? But if your stumbling block has been unscriptural teachings, then you need to simply immerse yourself by reading and studying God's word for yourself. More than just on Sunday and maybe a Wednesday night. You need to pick up the word of God. You need to read it. Uh, read it for a half hour a night. Re are you hearing me? You need to get into it for yourself. But here's the thing now. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to receive your healing or miracle? Even if it means shutting the TV off for an hour or two a night to read the Bible, to study the Bible, and to pray. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Now, I know it sounds like a stupid question, but you would be surprised at how spiritually lazy some people are. Some rather keep their sickness and disease instead of getting serious with God and taking hold of the Word of God. Are you hearing me? I'm serious. Some, rather, some, some just, they don't want to do what it takes. They don't want to put the effort in to really build up their faith. I'm telling you right now. Are you willing to fight the good fight of faith? The Bible says it's a good fight of faith, but it's a fight. It's a fight of faith. Are you too consumed with the doctor's report? Are you too, too consumed with what man says? Well, Philippians 4.8 says this, Whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, whatever things are of a good report, and the good report, you're only going to find it in the Word of God. Are you hearing me? If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. You, you, need to, you need to throw along the wayside what the doctor said to you, his opinion, all right? It's okay. Get, let him give his opinion, but you need to take the word of God and lift the word of God above his opinion. Are you hearing me? Keep going to the doctor, take the medicine, do what he says. But I'm telling you, you need to put more stock in the Word of God than what in, in He's saying about your situation. Amen? Now, how many of you know, I mean, doctors, they're, you know, we, we have the same goal. We want to see people well. Doctors want to see people well. Amen? I mean, there's not a doctor who truly wants to see someone die. Are you hearing me? We're, we're, I'm just coming about it from the spiritual aspect. They're coming from the natural. But you know what? It's okay to take the supernatural, you, the super and the natural, and take them together. Amen? It's all right. It's okay. Um, so get your mind and thoughts on what God's word says. Fight the good fight of faith, all right? Now look, 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I wish above all things, say all things, that you may be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. You know, I, I just, I mean, that one verse right there sums up the will of God for his people, for people. Are you hearing me? I, I wish above all things. How many of you know, even though John wrote this, he was inspired by the Holy Ghost. And it's in the word of God. It's the word of God right there. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That is awesome. So again, the Bible reveals health and prosperity is the will of God. Now, the second weapon, the second warhead is the name of Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 through 10 says, God hath highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth. I'll tell you right now, being, beings in all three worlds must bow at the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus holds dominion over Satan and his entire kingdom. The name of Jesus holds power over sickness and disease. The name of Jesus is above the name of cancer. The name of Jesus is above every and any infirmity that you could name right now. Are you hearing me? The name of Jesus is awesome. It's powerful. There's power in the name of Jesus. Every time the name of Jesus is spoken in faith, you are loosing the benefits that Jesus purchased for you. I, this is kind of a cool statement. Listen to this. All that Jesus was, his name is. All that Jesus was, and did for us, his name is right now, presently. Hallelujah. 
And Jesus gave us, his followers, Christians, the right to use his name to carry on with his ministry of healing, his ministry of miracles on this earth. Hallelujah. In John 14, 13, Jesus said, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Oh, can you picture it? Just picture uh, uh, the name of Jesus is like a container. He said, whatever you ask in my name. If you were to open that container, you will find healing. You will find deliverance. You will find peace. You will find happiness. You will find prosperity. He said, if you ask in my name. Oh, glory to God. Everything that he did, everything that he provided, everything he did, his name is to us right now. There's power in the name of Jesus. John 16, 23. Jesus said, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Oh, hallelujah. The name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Amen. Healing and deliverance is the will of God. And healing and deliverance is in his name. The provision has been made through him. The third weapon is the blood of Jesus. The blood that poured from the stripes of Jesus when he was beaten purchased our healing. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes we, are, it says we are, and then you go to 2 Peter, it says we are, we were healed. Are you hearing me? Healing, oh, the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that removed Satan's legal right to put sickness and disease in bondage on a Christian. Oh, now listen to me. To fully understand the power of the blood of Jesus, you need to understand the entry point of sickness, disease, and bondage on this earth. To, to, to truly get an idea of, of what the blood of Jesus means to us because how many of you know so many of things in the christian life can become cliche you throw out things you know these terms and stuff and it just it, it kind of becomes cliche and and it can kind of just roll off you like oh yeah the blood of jesus oh yeah but i'm telling you right now if you fully understand to, to fully understand what the blood of jesus purchased for us you got to understand the entry point of sickness and disease Sickness, disease, and bondage did not enter this earth until Adam, Adam and Eve, actually she didn't receive her name Eve until after the fall, so actually her name was Adam when she took it. You can study it for yourself. But when Adam sinned against God, when Adam partook of the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when, when they sinned, that, my friend, is when all this junk entered the picture. Go and look for yourself. You go look in the original plan before the fall. Sickness, disease, and bondage is not found. It is not found. So you could say this. Sin was the doorway that allowed sickness and disease into this earth. It was never in God's original plan, and it's still not in his plan to this day. Can you say amen? amen. The Bible calls Jesus, in Romans chapter 5, the second Adam. Say the second Adam. In other words, what Adam allowed to enter the earth through sin is now reversed in the lives of those who make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life. He's called the second Adam. Read it for yourself in Romans chapter 5. He come, if you will, to reverse the curse. He come to reverse the curse. Now, so, now that's legally speaking. Legally speaking, the blood of Jesus, what he accomplished, he's the second Adam, he, he reversed the curse. Now, experientially speaking, that's another story. That's another story. How many of you know I have, I, I have money in the bank and legally it's mine? My name is on that money. Amen? Oh, thank you. But experientially, it's not in my hand right now. 
Why? Because I got to go to the bank and take hold of it. Is someone catching this tonight? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if you're experiencing uh, the blessing in your life, that's another story. So the question is, why are so many Christians sick? Why are so many Christians have, have disease in their body? Why are so many in bondage? Well, there can be several reasons. I mean, to name a few, a lack of knowledge of what God has said. You know, they're, they're being uh, taught poison that, that it's only if it be thy will, you know. And, and when they say that, that's a, just a cover-up. They don't believe it's God's will at all. Trust me. Trust me. If it be thy will is just a cover-up, okay. It's, it's totally faithless talk. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, so, so that's, that's one reason, a lack of knowledge of what God has said, receiving uh, poisonous teaching, uh, people believing that God wants them sick. How about this? Living a backslidden life and giving place to the devil. How many of you know unforgiveness and bitterness, uh, it, it can open the door to the enemy in your life. Uh, now, that's not to say every person who has a disease or a sickness, that's, I'm not saying that they have that going on in their life. I'm just saying that could be a reason. I mean, I, I've seen people get healed after they... They confessed their sin. They got right with an individual. Their healing manifested immediately. Now, that's where each individual person has to examine their life. And just, I mean, many times, I mean, if truth be known, individuals who have that issue that did open the door to the, to the devil, they know it. They just don't want to go there and deal with it. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit's not going to leave that person ignorant about the matter. Because how many of you know the Holy Spirit wants you healed more than you want to be healed? <laughs> and, and how many of you know if there's a hindrance there with unforgiveness or bitterness or whatever, he, he, the Holy Spirit's right there t revealing that to you. The problem is most people just don't want to go there because they rather hold on to the, to the junk feelings. Amen? They don't want to go there. But, and the truth is this also. Many Christians just aren't willing to do what it takes to build their faith, to receive their healing. I'll tell you, it will cost, Jesus paid the price, but it will cost you time to get into the Word of God. It will cost you uh, your Sundays to get plugged into a good Bible-believing church to hear the Word. Are you hearing me? It's going to cost you something. And to be honest about it, they, a lot of people just are not desperate enough for their healing and for their miracle. I, that's the hard truth. I know you're saying, how can, I'm telling you right now, that is just the truth. They aren't as desperate as the woman with the issue of blood was in Mark chapter 5. That woman pressed through the crowd to get her miracle. She didn't care what man was going to say to her. She didn't care if she was going to look foolish. She was willing to press through the crowd and to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. She said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. But I'll tell you, many people just, many Christians just don't want to do what it takes to go there. They don't want to press in. They don't want to uh, get close to the Lord in their, their walk with him. They're, they're too consumed with worldly things. They, they want to hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness. They want to do these things. Amen? So just, I'm throwing that out and just consider that. Just you, answer in your mind yourself if you need a healing or a miracle tonight. Am, am I desperate enough? Do I want this bad enough to do what it's going to take to build myself up, to get to the place to receive? Amen? All right. So the warheads are the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the blood of Jesus. Now, the key in any war is to get the warhead to the point of attack. This means we must have missiles to carry each warhead to its target. Now, I'm not going to spend too long on this. I'm basically just going to name them real quick, and we're going to get into prayer here. But this, this is kind of interesting here, what the Holy Spirit was showing me. The first missile that you can use to launch the warheads of the word, the warhead of the name of Jesus, and the warhead of the blood is praise and worship. Oh, hallelujah. Praise and worship to God is extremely powerful. In fact, Benny Hinn's uh, Miracle Crusades, most of those people get healed just during praise and worship to God. 
They're exalting the name of Jesus. They're speaking the name of Jesus. They're speaking the word of God. Praise and worship is a missile that can carry, that will launch the word, that will launch the name of Jesus, that will launch the, the benefits of the blood of Jesus. The second missile is prayer. Prayer to God is extremely, that's why you ever hear the, the, the phrase, pray the word, pray the word. It means take scriptures and you can pray the word. God, you said in your word that by your stripes I am healed. I believe what your word says. I believe, Jesus, when you took those stripes, I believe that you purchased my healing. You're praying the word. Prayer is a missile to launch the warheads, all right? Number three, the third is con the confession missile. <laughs> the confession missile. The word confession literally means, and I preached on this the other Sunday, it, it means to say the same thing as. To say or to agree with. To say the same thing as. You, you know, you can go to our website, revivalchristian.org. You can download, there's like five pages of confessions from the word of God. And these are powerful. They're all based on scripture. And you're sitting there just speaking the word of God. You're saying the same thing as, or you're confessing the word of God. Confession is a missile. And remember this, words are containers. They either contain life or death. They either contain life or death. Fourthly, the fourth missile is the missile of resistance. How do we resist the enemy? We resist the enemy with our words speaking. We can, we can rebuke the enemy. We can bind the enemy. Are you hearing me in our lives? We, we speak. You bind the enemy. You resist the enemy with your words. And come on, with your lifestyle. Oh, yes. You resist the enemy also with your lifestyle. You, by being a doer of the word, by, by living a holy life set apart for God. Amen? Fifth, the fifth missile is preaching. The preached word is a powerful missile to send the word, the name, and the benefits of the blood of Jesus into your life. There's some people who, who've just received a healing just by sitting in the seat hearing the word of God. Because when, when the word is being preached, when it's being taught, there's an, I mean, it's just whew, right to them. It just cuts right to the heart, boy. And, and that thing is prospering, in which, which it was sent to do. Amen? Seventh, I know I'm kind of going fast on these, but I want to get into prayer. Seventh is the testimony missile. Oh, Revelation 12, 11 says that they, Christians, overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Oh, the testimony missile is powerful. Testimonies are powerful and have a way of igniting hope on the inside of a person. In other words, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. Notice I didn't say it will ignite faith. It will ignite hope. Oh, listen, this is a whole teaching in itself. But you go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and, and you'll see in there that hope is in the equation of faith. To even get to faith, hope has to be present first. So someone gives up here and gives an awesome testimony of what the Lord has done, it instills hope. Then you mix that testimony with the word. Oh boy, look out, you're going to have a faith explosion. Are you hearing me? Now, I want you to notice that every missile that I have mentioned has one common thread. Does anyone know what it is? They deal with your mouth and the words that you speak. The word, the name, and the blood will do you no good without speaking the benefits of them. Oh, just chew on that one for a minute. Listen to this. Oh, the Holy Spirit had me write this in the notes. This, this was rich. God created and formed the earth and universe with words. And our life is formed by the words that come out of our mouth. I'll go as far to say is the manifestation of your life right now are a product of what's been coming out of your mouth. And I can prove it to you by counseling people. When I've counseled people, ran them through deliverance, some people are an absolute wreck because all their lives their parents said, you're not going to amount to anything in life. 
You're never going to do anything in life. You're a loser. Some of you maybe have been there. And some of you who have overcome that because, you, because you've gotten a revelation of what the Word says. And you can take hold of what the Word says. And you, now you can agree, you can confess what the Word says. But I'll tell you right now, you form your life. The quality of your life is going to be the sum of what's in your heart and what comes out of your mouth. Oh, that's good stuff. Hallelujah. So speak the Word of God. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak the promises and benefits that belong to you through the blood of Christ. Proverbs 10.11 says this. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Oh my. And a righteous man, a righteous person is one that fills himself with the word of God. It's one that lives their life according to the word of God. And it says, your mouth. The words that you speak, that righteous individual, it's a well of life. You will lose life in people's lives. You will lose life in your own life. You will lose life into your children's life. Are you hearing me? It's time for you and I to get our eyes off of man and to focus on Jesus. We need to focus on the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the blood of Jesus as our ultimate source of provision. Amen? Amen. So I just want to close the, the message with this. Don't stop going to the doctors. Keep taking your medication. But take the medicine of the word. Speak against that, that word that's been spoken against you in judgment. You're never going to get better have x amount of time to live oh someone who has this infirmity or this disease only lives to this age no you need to condemn that word you need to make that word null and void by speaking the word of god you need to let life come out of your mouth are you hearing me go ahead and start the music chris everyone just close your eyes right now as you're seated i want to just get into an atmosphere of just worship. I know I gave you a lot of information, information to chew on, but it all comes down. I can sum it up like this. If you can simply.